Which film about a musician is better? A Star is Born, La La Land, or Whiplash? I just, I can't decide by myself. Luckily, I've got a podcast where I can force people to debate about that with me. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Screen Test. My name's Jack Howard and I'm joined as always by the chief film critic at The Independent, Clarice Lockery. One third of the cyber nerds, Joe Ikimwin. What's good? And this week we're joined by singer, songwriter and serious musician, Dodie. Hello. So here's how this show works. Three films are going to go up against each other. We put them through a series of rounds, including cast, memorable scene, and cultural impact. And then based on your arguments, I get to decide which one is best. And you might be thinking, Jack, why do you get to decide which one's best? Well, to quote a friend of mine, who's coincidentally on the show today, I have great taste in art. Isn't that right, Dodie? Listen, I don't know why I said that. I was on tour. I felt you said mental. I, have, I think you said I have great days not about liking the film that you're talking about today. I think so, yeah. And a list of other things. <laughs> La La, La Land is going down today, for sure. Going down? Mm, it's going down. Down, downtown. Sir. Oh, sorry. Yeah, downtown. Where the lights yeah, are. Right, okay. I like the energy. I've just watched The Sound of Metal on Prime, which is a beautiful film about a drummer in a heavy metal band who begins to lose his hearing and how he copes with that. been nominated for six academy awards including best picture and riz ahmed is also up for best actor so it's the perfect time i think to discuss what we think is the best film about a musician not necessarily a musical it can be but it has to be about a musician so dodie you're the guest go first i think joe's already spoiled it but tell us what you're fighting for today okay um well i would just like to say firstly that i do know other films <laughs> you do quite famously talk about La La I, yeah I do. So I should be pretty good in this. But um, yeah, I thought about a few others. I was like, I wonder if there's any other I can choose. But La La Land is the film I've chosen because it's just so damn magical. It's amazing. Um, iconic, delicious, colorful, bright, um, video music. And I love it, Joe. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Sorry. what have you got going up against La La Land? Today I've got the, I brought to the table the psychological musical thriller that is whiplash. Whoa. So it's interesting. We've got Damien Chazelle against Damien Chazelle. Chazelle versus Chazelle. <laughs> <laughs> Who will win? This is his highest honor, I think. Not, not <laughs> winning best, not, not the, the youngest person to win best director, but this. He's, uh, he's going, going up against himself on our podcast. Mm. Clarice, what have you brought? Um, his yet unproduced movie. <laughs> <laughs> Another no. remake of it. No, I didn't. I didn't pick. Uh, Damien Chazelle film because he hasn't made any to choose from but <laughs> <laughs> I I sort of am half cheating mentally in my head here because when you said music film I immediately thought of all the star is bornses <laughs> like it's a great tradition in Hollywood that you know every 20 years or so uh two very famous people get together and and make a movie about the rise and fall of well it started off with actors but now we've kind of shifted into musician territory but the the rise and fall of, of stars i could have picked any of them but because i would like to win today <laughs> <laughs> i went with the most recent one because lady gaga and let's start with cast then since we want to talk about that. Is this version of A Star Is Born your favourite cast? Because I, I have not seen all of them, but I think they're both absolutely, both Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. I mean, actually, I think what Lady Gaga does in this is convince me that this is all new to her, mm. which is amazing. Like, she's Lady Gaga, and yet it feels like this is a whole new world to her. 
Well, yeah, it's interesting because everyone was like, well, like Lady Gaga has proven everyone that she can act. And as an American Horror Story fan, I've been here like, hey, she already won a Golden Globe (laughs) for doing the Countess playing a very old vampire lady who's sad all the time. But this is definitely a different level of Star is Born. I don't know. I... I'm torn between this one and the 1954 version because of Judy Garland and it's maybe Judy Garland's best performance. But second behind that, maybe that's my favorite, second behind that is Lady Gaga because it's again that thing of of what this film, what these films have been so brilliant for is stars being able to kind of express a part of themselves in a really interesting way because as much as Ali is a character and she's definitely playing a character, she's also, she's also basically playing herself. Mm -hmm. It's sort of her life story in a fictionalized form of, of someone who had always doubted herself. And this is a thing that, you know, Lady Gaga has always said that so many people did not want her to be successful in this industry because, you know, she didn't look right. She had like the nose. How famous. Do you you think a lot of that stuff that's in it is probably spawned from, her like telling Bradley Cooper like the reality of what it's like to be a massive star like that because it feels pretty legitimate and I don't know if Lady Gaga would let certain things I mean she's so powerful in that world so I don't know if she would let certain things happen in a film if they weren't authentic to her experience of being a pop star I don't know though yeah I think well I think what she was very adamant about was the the music being authentic. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when they're doing the live performances, they're actually live performances and they went to Coachella and they went to Glastonbury and Bradley Cooper spent months learning how to play the guitar like an actual musician and that's him doing it and it's it's really convincing, which is pretty awe-inspiring, uh, you know, doing that and also being the director and writer and all these things. So Ryan. <laughs> I'm going to call Ryan Gosling out here. Oh, here we because go. Because I remember the whole press tour of La La Land, he kept saying, yeah, I, I learned piano. I play those, those songs. Yeah. But in 2009, he released an album that I love called Dead Man's Bones where he what? plays the piano on it. So he's okay, lying. Okay, so he had some former <laughs> practice. But I think there's a different thing between, you know, Plinky Plonky and jazz. This is true. Like, <laughs> he definitely had to become better at the piano, but hey. I, he, he, I mean, he there are some pretty extensive like close ups never, on his fingers dancing yeah. across the keys. Thank you, Jack. It's uh, no, still no impressive, problem. but. I just want to point out, he didn't know how to play piano before. You've argued that so well. I don't know if I can do it as well. But (laughs) I will say Emerson and Ryan Gosling have such on-screen chemistry that um, we've seen in various other films. I don't actually know how many. There's quite a few, right? Yeah, they they are in Crazy Stupid Love Together. They're in uh, Gangster Gangster Squad. Squad. (laughs) I haven't seen that. It's not a good, don't watch it. It's not good, yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, I I think this is the third but it may, there may be another one that I'm forgetting about as well. No, I think this is the, the third yeah. one. What I really like about their pairing in this movie is that they're both kind of semi-comedians or they have a really, like, like a goofiness to yeah, them. Yeah, which they have, I think, in, in real life. Yeah, yeah and it, like, it just really works well for that film because you don't want two actors who are going to come at it really seriously, like especially the dance moves and the, the fantasy sequences. And so like, I love all the little moments where Ryan Gosling's just being weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I literally texted Odie about it when I was revisiting La La Land for this. I was like, I forgot how funny I mean, I mean, they both are, but I forgot how funny Ryan Gosling plays it. Like yeah. entirely, like the introduction to him is just, it could be straight out of a comedy film. 
I got, I, what does he say? I got shanghai You didn't get Shanghai'd. <laughs> just when he's like, you don't like jazz? Yeah. Like, it's even just I, like I the mannerisms person. of Gosling when he walks into a room and just like flinches at something. Yeah, like, I just, love that. He's so good at that. Yeah. Pishikaka. <laughs> Pishikaka. <laughs> yeah, what is it? I mean, their chemistry is obviously unreal. But what is it about them individually you think that they brought to those roles in La La Land that you like could you picture anybody else doing what they did? I can't believe that was it Emma Watson was supposed to play that role? Did you know I don't that? know. I know that Miles Teller was supposed to be Gosling's role. Whoa. whoa. He could have probably did it better. Ooh. And J.K. Simmons is basically Fletcher, which is <laughs> He's like a totally down. Yeah, when he I was like, oh <laughs> crossover. Um yeah, I don't know. I think um Emma brings this sort of like yeah, goofiness, like kind of wide-eyed, like magical nature, but also her like driven personality. Like there's there's like a strength in her mm. um, that I really love in Mia. Um, I really then, love her introduction when she's practicing for, uh, oh, yeah. for an audition and then she's you find so out good. it's an audition while she's doing it because she's such a good actress. Oh, so and then smart. during that audition when she... Wells is, up into tears. Yeah, yeah, and then somebody just interrupts her. It's one of the most... Oh incredible i don't know how she did it like to time those like tears so perfectly and the irony is she's acting inside of acting it's like i don't know wild i also love ryan gosling as seb because i think he's so good at acting like portraying this kind of like closed off semi-angry like strict person um i don't know and then the two of them like i think they warm to each other and that's really nice to see like um seb kind of melt to her um yeah i don't know they're just such an iconic couple yeah joe yours is obviously very different yours isn't well it's it's got a a duo at the center but it's a very different relationship yeah definitely i mean i feel like the relationship between miles teller and jk simmons is actually great literally abusive yeah (laughs) yeah i mean some people call it abusive I, I mean, I think I mean, it's abusive. definitely abusive. No, I think it's yeah. definitely abusive. It's, de- it's definitely <laughs> like abusive. Like in the literal terms of it. Yeah, yeah, there's I, a question. He throws, he throws a chair at him. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> I feel... Slaps him. I feel, listen. Yeah. Mind games. All of that is important because for that, some people, that's the, that's a reality. Do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like that in this movie, they dive into that and J.K. Simmons plays that so well. Yeah, he and, does. And, and, lets, and, and just lets you into the f- mind of like a crazy professor who's like, I'm going to get the best out of someone. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he, he definitely knows that like you can't be great without having this element of crazy around you. And he try, he's trying to pull that out. Well, at least that's his, Oh, that's his, that's his thinking on the the process without, you know, I think, I think he's a, a narcissist, like a psychopath. I'm not even sure if it's for, Miles, I think it's for himself to be like, I am a great teacher, but like that's never spoken. No, 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 no. I hundred percent agree. I hundred percent agree with that. Like at the end of the day, he wants to be the guy who taught, who found that, yeah, who found that star, and um, and I just feel like he portrays that so well, and he and he dives into it, and he he pull, he's trying to pull a a masterpiece out of one of these kids and he knows that he can do it. And I actually love that about the movie. Like, def- he's definitely the villain of the whole thing, but at the same time, it's like, 
Yeah. I just think it's amazing. And I also believe you know why Miles Teller would want to impress him. 100%. Like I totally I think, get why yeah. you'd want his approval. It's not even just him. It's, it's Miles Teller and it's everyone else. Like, even when he comes in to the room, everyone everyone in the band is like, yo, like, Terrifying. we've got to take this seriously. Like, like we've got to do sergeant. this thing. Yeah. And I just feel like... Like J.K. Simmons is so good in this movie, it's, it's just crazy to me. And I think even that like, Miles Teller being the, the the kid who wants to impress the teacher is amazing as well. Because the whole time I just believe it. You yeah. just believe it. Like I will say, like right at the end when he's like crawled out of a car crash and is drumming and bleeding, like there's no communication, like no dialogue in that last scene, and yet you see the two sort of like play with each other and like even just like flickers of the hands and like slight smiles. Yeah, it's done so well. Yeah, that that final sequence when he has when J.K. Simmons's character has tricked yeah. Miles Teller into before not rehearsing the right song. Yeah. Just that entire sequence when they are just speaking to each other through the roles that they are on stage as the conductor and the drummer. Like he's just like when he goes over to him and he just smashes the cymbal in, in his face and he just and he reacts to that. I love how Damien Chazelle got them to like how clear that relationship was, even when they weren't speaking to each other. Yes. And then all the other things is what like the relationship that you see throughout the movie that Miles Teller has with the, the girlfriend character and his father mm. and the scene in the um in the uh, when they're having dinner with his family and no one's taking him seriously yeah i mean i mean i definitely feel like i've had situations like that coming into the world of art and having my family not really understand what it is what i wanted to ask you though joe was being somebody who works in sport have you had or seen a relationship that's similar to the relationship between Mars Teller and, and uh, J.K. Simmons? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I don't want to get too deep, but I definitely had a coach that I felt like was like J.K. Simmons, what no matter what you did, he was going to be against us. And, and I felt like for us, because it's a bit different, because I play a team sport in basketball, we use that as a good energy to rally together almost against the coach and that what helped us prop um, propel forward and I feel like it's it's so different here because this shows how that kind of coach can like destroy someone do you know what I'm saying and I feel like that is so important about this movie but at the same time I think it, it goes both ways because you know obviously when they tell JK Simmons that one of his past students has passed away. He's actually torn up and devastated by it in that scene where... Mm. Um, um, is he? Ooh. I mean, he goes into the office and he is crying. Okay. He is... I mean, that happens Yeah, but it's like guilt though. I mean, yeah. is he sad because of the death? Or yeah, Because he knows that he had, you know... Something to do with it. Something to do with it. I mean, I, d I don't know. For me, I felt like he was actually torn up because at the end, I feel like that J.K. Simmons' character it, on at the... Bottom level of it, he just wants to make someone good. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's crazy. He's this, <laughs> he's that. But, but I, I mean, I, you do, do you think he's justified in in how he does things like that? It is a I'm, question, I guess. It, I, I'm going to sound crazy when I say yes. Do you know what I'm saying? But I do, I do think he is. Like I feel like he he gets it. But he definitely goes too far. Do you know what I'm saying? Especially in music. Like, I feel like in sport, maybe this is a bit more common. But as a music film, like, I mean, maybe it, maybe that's the idea of, like, um, yeah, turning this sort of abusive coach thing into a weird genre. But I don't think 
that's real. I mean, I feel like greatness transcends what art you're playing or sport. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like to get the best out of someone, he believes this is the way. Do you know what I'm saying? Doing it perfectly isn't enough. And, and, that's, the, and that's the bar he's trying to push for. So, I mean, I but feel like in his mind, he's definitely justified. I feel like it really, it's very striking to me that in his orchestra, there's not a single woman. Because it's like the <gasps> oh type God. of abuse the type of sort of abusive relationship he has with his students. I mean, the only girl that we see, the only woman that we see in this movie is is one that he he dismisses and says that she only gets to have first chair because she's pretty. And it's like, I, I can instantly imagine what it would be like to, to be a woman in his orchestra. Like, oh it, God. the amount of abuse that she would receive. Like, she wouldn't I mean, be able to, you know, I think it's, it's there's a gender aspect to what he's doing. He's I mean, they're, they're, they're actually, there might, there might be, but at the same time, he berates everyone. Do you know what I'm saying? There's another student in the class that he says, like, He's blowing on his boyfriends. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he comes at everyone with the same energy. Do you know what I'm saying? But so, I think, Carice, are does, you saying? Though, are you saying that like he threw I think, a chair? I think there's a reason a that there's no women. That's basically in that what I was going to say. He threw a chair at a student. But I think the reason, like the way we hate him so much, just goes to show how how well he's been painted. Mm. Yeah, mm. and J.K. Simmons portrays that perfectly. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like like for some of these other movies I feel like there's a couple characters you could swap out there's no swapping out J.K. Simmons in this role 100% I have my reasonings for this but I think all the cast in this are incredible but I'm going to give top points weirdly even though it is a remake of a remake of a remake I'm going to give top points to A Star Is Born because Lady Gaga made me believe that this was new to her mm. and Bradley Cooper she's so good she, she's so good <laughs> in it and Bradley Cooper is also Incredible, probably the best role he's ever done, and he directed mm. it. I think that's just Fair. absolutely insane. Yeah. Not gonna lie, I agree. Yeah. Um, so good. Uh, and then I'm gonna give two points to Whiplash because you can't get better than J.K. Simmons in that film. No. And then, even though I love points, it, Jack. I'm gonna give uh, one point to La La Land, to okay, Emma Stone, and and, uh, and Ryan Gosling, even though I absolutely adore them. Um, sad me to do that. Sorry, Dodie. It's okay. You, you've, you've got some time to back it up. Let's I go will. into memorable scenes then. <laughs> go on, take it away. Um, yeah, I mean, it's truly iconic. I wrote down earlier that um, there was a recreation of the opening scene in the Golden Globes in mm. 2017, I think. Um, yeah, I feel like, <laughs> what did you call it earlier, Clarice? <laughs> a bit of a nice night or something. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot the name night. of the song, <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. called it a bit of a a, <laughs> bit, a bit a bit of a lovely night. It's the British version of it. I feel like um, the poster is iconic now. Yeah, you're right. Like everything in it is easily uh, recognizable. Definite, yeah, definitely. Instantly. I think it's become a classic, which is funny because in I think it years. really builds on. Yeah, it builds on like various other classics as well. Like I love the like kind of playfulness between Seb and Mia. It's very reminiscent of Singing in the Rain, like mm. when Don jumps in her car and she's like, get out. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's just so sweet and old fashioned. And Do you have a favorite that pops out to you? Because obviously they're all incredible, but do you have a favorite sequence that you'd revisit? Um, oh my God. I mean, I think when she's, um, 
working in the cafe at first and and then um she gets a notification for her audition and like runs back and pops back and then it cuts to the audition scene and she's just got coffee yes. all over her shirt <laughs> i love that uh, i don't know i literally could just like go on from one until the other i think mia by herself and then disco- and finding seb like walking through la is so fun oh my god I don't yeah know. that bit at the beginning when she goes into uh, the bar, uh, and then and then we cut back to Seb's magical. perspective I of also, that entire day. Yeah, I think that's, that's so excellent smart. as well. I remember like seeing the trailer, and it and it started with the dream sequence clip where they like kissed and the camera rolled around them. So when I f- saw the film for the first time, and and he just pushes past her, we like I feel like the whole audience were like, oh, <laughs> yeah. what's happening here? But I really want to speak about the end sequence, yeah, the what could have been sequence, yeah, because I think that's very much her perspective of what could have happened. Really? Since he sacrifices getting his, whatever he wants, like he, he doesn't get that, but she gets to be a fam- famous actress and he's just stood beside her, which they're both happy in it, but she gets what she wants and he doesn't get what he right, wants. Right, right, because like it's just some random man playing at the piano yeah. at the end. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love that sequence so much. Me too. Um, it breaks my heart. Yeah. And it's, I, I remember seeing it, in the cinema when it cut to was it, is it seven years later yeah i think so something like that and hadn't i had no idea what they were about to do yeah cutting from that sequence of them uh, where are they sat on the hollywood um uh, the, the observatory uh, park yeah and it cuts to the palm trees and then turns into a poster yeah and, yeah and because it's gone through the seasons and it says like summer yeah but like this many years later yeah, yeah. and then oh you get the like waiting to see like what's happened and she walks into a house and then some random man comes and then Seb is all alone <laughs> mm-hmm. cooking his- I feel like I'm emotionless because I just feel like <gasps> the outcome of the movie is the best outcome for both of them yeah I mean it is in a way but it's still heartbreaking because you've fallen in love with them and I feel like they needed each other to get through that rough time whatever it was and and I feel like that's what the movie shows that like they both play a pivotal part in their lives but they don't need to be together to be successful and be who they need to be in the universe and Mm -hmm. i and i and that's why i feel don't feel like it's heartbreaking because it's like they both provided each other with what they needed for the time they was together but didn't you feel the love (laughs) the love and support Uh, but it's still like a sack that's the thing it's still that's the sad part is that there was no they had to sacrifice something and so they decided to sacrifice like their relationship versus the things that they wanted individually and even if like it is the best outcome because they they both still seem happy it's still sad like I just it's just feel sad like it's part it's of the process if that's what you're going for like if, you, if your individual goals are are that that's but they didn't even know that like <laughs> love was a part of their goals until they found each other and then just think of that scene when they're like, I'm, I'm always going to love you. Mm. I'm going to love you forever. That's heartbreaking. I feel like there's just a lot of sacrifice that gets made with pursuing anything to the highest level. Yeah, and it's and painful. It, it is painful, but that is like you go in knowing that's what you're going to do. Much like in Whiplash, when he sits his girlfriend down and he says, look, I'm trying to be the best. We can't so do, do this. Do like, he cuts that, that off at the beginning because he knows where he's going. Do you know what I'm saying? Because in, in that scene, when he's saying that to her, he comes across a little bit... 
it, it know, sounds like a bad person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he sounds like an arsehole, but at the same time, it's like he understands the process and isn't trying to go through the la la land process. He's just like, look, I'm nipping this in the bud right now. And I'm focusing 100% on what I'm going to do. But that's not even my favorite scene of the movie. My favorite scene of the movie is the Russian or dragon, where yeah. I feel like it just defines all Their characters relationship, yeah. in the movie. Do you know what I'm saying? And the relationship. Like, it, it shows J.K. Simmons as uncompromising and abusive, as we've put out there. And he... And he and terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Scary as well. Like he he gets everything across in this one scene. And um Miles Teller also just shows you that like no matter what happens, no matter if I'm doing it perfectly, that he's just never gonna quit. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And I just love that scene because I feel like it's just it's the whole movie. Like if you play that scene in isolation to anyone, they get it. The camera work in, in the scenes there as well. Like I remember the moment when J.K. Simmons charges at Miles Teller, um, the yeah. camera like re quickly readjusts to where he's going, and it and it makes you jolt like the Ugh. way it does that. And then Ugh. there's just a bunch of incredibly intense close-ups on their faces that feels really claustrophobic, and it's incredibly where it's just well like made. the eyes. Yes, yes. <laughs> like that's my favorite shot. The, the end sequence when they're yeah, when, when and, that's, and, the la that's the last shots, isn't it? Is of their eyes meeting each other. Yeah, and the moment of him being like. I all approve. Right. <laughs> I feel like it's not even I approve. It's like, all right. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Okay, mm -hmm. now we're playing the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you've matched me. You, you, mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of read it that he's going to become Fletcher because you see like his character throughout the film, the way that he treats other people becomes increasingly mm. abusive as well. So I, I think for me, it's like the ending is like, oh, like he's also become a monster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the monster has birthed a second monster and we're all in trouble. Mm. I don't I don't know about, about that. I feel like, I definitely don't feel like he would go down the, the Simmons role. Like, I think it just, I think at the end of the movie, J.K. Simmons birthed what he wanted to birth. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it shows that Miles Teller is that guy, do you know what I'm saying? He gets kicked out from school, he still comes back. And even when he walks off stage, it's like, oh, all right. Uh, you feel like J.K. Simmons' character's won, but Neiman comes back and he's like, no, like, I, I am that. Like, imagine everyone leaving that audition and talking about the drummer who didn't know the song, but came back and then led everything do you know what I'm i think saying? you're totally like, right i yeah, think it, 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 like he's get he gets exactly what he wants but i think the, the question is at what cost does he does he become this amazing drummer and i know at the end he's definitely i get the impression that neiman is doing it for himself and not for fletcher anymore which is who mm. he was trying to impress the entire time oh. but he's doing it for himself to be like fuck you yeah i mean <laughs> neiman gave up everything and was willing to give up everything the whole time. And I feel like Neiman, Neiman reaches his goal. And, and, and that's what I think is the most important part of the whole thing. Yeah, I think he reaches his goal, but I'm left with a feeling of like, yeah. it's not, it doesn't feel like, yes, it feels like, oh, uh, but I've seen what that means. In order to be that, is, it, is, it, is that something that he should be trying to do with his life? And I, I'm all, you know, if people want to do that, obviously, but I think that the feeling I'm left with is almost like a gut punch that he's, that he's willing to sacrifice that much in order it, to be that. It's tough, but he says it during the movie, like he'd rather live to 35 mm. and be 
the best than live to 100 and no one know who he is. Like, so I feel like that's who the character is. And I'm at the end, I'm like, yeah, like, Neiman, you, like, that's, you got it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel about that's it. That's so interesting. Like, that's, that's who he wants to be. That ending scares me a little bit because yeah. I think it is just like, you know, I don't, not to do this whole like relevant to today, but you know, when we're talking about how people treat each other in the various kind of arts industries at the moment, like a, a lot of the defense for abuse has always been like, but they're such a genius. They're so yeah. smart. That's just how they act. And like, that's what, uh, that's the part of whiplash that I find really affecting and quite scary is the idea of like, well, yeah, this is the mentality that leads to abuse and leads to people propping up abuse because we go, well, it's it's for the art, it's for the music. It's like, it doesn't matter. Oh, who cares if you're throwing chairs? It's they're talking about um, Charlie Parker. It's mm -hmm. like, they're a symbolized head and that's how he became a genius. And it's like, the idea that this is the only path is, mm. is through suffering. Mm. Yeah, it, you it's... You know, and it's it's like, you know, with The Shining, with Shelley Duvall, like, mm -hmm. oh, the only way that they could get a great performance that Stanley Kubrick her. could get, yeah. I just want to point out, we've only um, really talked in depth about two scenes in Whiplash because I feel like, you know, the rushing or dragging bit and the ending are iconic, but in La La Land, Ooh. there are countless, countless gorgeous moments. <laughs> I'm mean, only bringing it back to a points <laughs> thing. <laughs> Come on, I've got to win. Even though I have enjoyed the musicals that with the show has put me onto, I just feel like it's just... It's Does, just different. Did La La Land not do anything different. for you at all? No, 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 no. I enjoyed La La Land. I, I, Hear I don't that? Want, I, yeah, no, I did. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I hated it or anything like that. I actually really liked the movie, but I just feel like it's not, it, it doesn't touch me as deeply as Whiplash yeah. or A Star Is Born. Well, speaking of, let's go to A Star Is Born because we haven't actually mm. heard about that for a little while. We've been dedicated to the abuse, the cycle abuse. So let's... let's... Three points of abuse. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, what, what, which one stands out for you in A Star Is Born, really? I'm off the deep end. Yeah. Watch when she it, got peas singing. taped to her hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it, my favourite is when she performs it live for the first oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. so good. And the, the little brilliance of, of little brilliant moments that she does where she keeps putting her hands over her eyes because mm. she just can't believe that it's happening to her and that she's so talented. <laughs> and it's like such an incredible, like exhilarating moment of watching yeah. quite literally a star be born mm -hmm. and, and her And you can feel that it's in really happening on a stage with a real crowd. Like you can, you can yeah, totally it, feel that in the film. And it makes me compare it to like Bohemian Rhapsody where it's like, that's not real. Mm. You're not really there. With the little CGI people yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> the little PlayStation 2. Yeah, and that was a really big thing. I, I know that Gaga, before signing on, she was like, right, we need to make the music authentic because it has to be true to my experience as, as a musician. And that's a really big part of it because, um, you know, she's so sort of she really thrives off live performance. And so she didn't sing along to any tracks. She was doing the piano, everything live. And and it is, yeah, it's interesting how much you feel that, how much it comes across, that you're what? in there in the moment with... And I think as well, the camera work is amazing. It's um, Matthew Libertik did the cinematography and he's the guy who does all of Darren Aronofsky's movies, mm -hmm. which are very sort of abstract and in the moment and really like visceral and you're really feeling what the characters are going through. And the way that he shoots a live performances are great because it's the same effect of like you're on stage... Mm -hmm 
like you're with the musicians. It feels like you're seeing an onstage performance in a way that you, you've never seen it. Like you're seeing all the bits you shouldn't see. What I really like about this version in particular is that all the past ones, you know, because of the gender politics of the time, have had an element where the man becomes jealous of the woman's success. That is my absolute favorite scene is when she calls him out on it and then he mm. pushes cake in her face and yeah. then they have a little... <laughs> I think that bit is like so refreshing because I'm, I'm waiting for him to be annoyed that she's getting successful as a like cringy thing. I'm like, oh, is this, is this where it's going? And it ultimately kind of doesn't go there in this version. Yeah, I think it's really well handled because th there is certainly like, he has a weirdness about her career because he has this idea that she's not being authentic to herself. And, but I think it's interesting how they allow the film to be critical of that perspective. You know, when she is really upfront about him saying like, it's my song, when he's yelling at her in the bathtub, going, oh, you came around in an ass with an ass like that and those jeans, what what the hell is that? And she says, well, it's still my song. Like, this is my music and I'm still expressing myself. I'm sorry that it's not the way that you want me to do it. And, and so, yeah, I really like that it, it's a more realistic perspective on that relationship where it's not just him being jealous. It's, it's him feeling, yeah, a kind of insecurity, a kind of protectiveness towards her because he loves her and he wants her to be true to herself. But also, so much of it is, is the effects of the addiction. And, and mm. what I, I love so much about this film is that it takes that so seriously. Mm -hmm. There's nothing flippant there's nothing you know overly glamorized about it not at all and i also like that it's not just there's one thing that does bother me which i'll come on to in a second but i like that it's not just he's an alcoholic there is a very explicit scene where bradley cooper's character jack confesses that he tried to kill himself when he was 13 and i like that it's not just linked to the drinking but it's uh, it literally is about a battle with depression that he ends up losing the one bit in it that I would criticize it for, and I already fucking hate that manager character anyway. <laughs> like he is the worst and they perfectly cast. Mm. But before he decides to end his life, there's a scene where he literally, you know, sits him down and says all the worst things that Jack could ever want to hear. And I think it's strange because it, I think it could quite easily be interpreted that, oh, that's why he did it. And mm, I don't right. really like being like, okay, he, was, he had a scene where somebody said all the horrible things and then he decided to hang himself when actually it's been a lifelong battle. Oh, that's, yeah, but I think it... I feel like that, for me that it pushed a button. Mm. Like yeah. he was always on the yeah. edge. He was on the edge the whole time, but that was it. Do you know and maybe that's just a way he's it's interpreting like what's the, being said. Maybe it's just his in inner thoughts really. He's yeah. feeling like he's holding her back. Is it, it, Like for me, that was the tip, the tipping point and, and the manager just puts that on a plate and says, yeah, you 100% are. When he felt like he was the whole time anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? So for me, I felt like that was actually a, a great scene. And I felt like that, like, I feel like while watching the movie, I was like, oh mm -hmm. shit, like, you're really doing this. Do you know what I'm saying? Because obviously yeah. in the manager's mind, he doesn't think, he doesn't know where Bradley what he's going minds for. is at. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And he's doing what's best for his artist. And, like the repercussions of that are, do you know what I'm saying, affect mm. everyone. And I, I and I thought like that wasn't that was like a great scene. I, that was crazy for me. Yeah, I, I think I'm j I just sit in a sensitive place of just I don't like the idea that like it could be linked specifically to that conversation. I don't think that was the whole reason. No, I not just at all. Like no. that was the, the 
just the, the tipping point. Like that was the. It was everything he thought yeah. about yeah. himself just manifested. Yeah. I will say, when I saw the film, I didn't know of the the story. Like I had. No yeah, idea. I'd never seen another version of it before. And so when he killed himself and it was the end, that was really weird to me. I, I think that's an odd ending. And though it is like, yeah, a, a story told again and again, I was like, oh, oh, mm. so it happened. And it's just like, uh, yeah, he struggled so much, he died, the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it is, it's, a, it's a bit of a um, bitter ending, not even yeah. a bit of sweet one, it's just bitter. In the other versions, um, either the 1937 1954 he walks into the sea and yeah. that's and then in the the Barbara Streisand version it was a like a motorcycle accident but I I, I did like that they make this choice because they were going to go with the the walking into the sea version but there is something really really brutal about the way that scene is shot mm. and you know quite quite triggering I would say for people who haven't yep. seen it like do be careful about this movie it, it is really viscerally upsetting yeah it does um, not shy away but I think, like, for a film like this that could so easily have been wrapped up in the glamour of, you know, oh, my God, it's Lady Gaga, ah! <laughs> you know, to, to, to be so real about this topic and to be so upfront about it. Um, you know, especially with her, I think it ties into her image as well because she's always been such a huge mental health advocate. That's been a, a, a massive platform of hers. So I, I think to to really make that the center of this film is what what I really like about this version. Because I think in the other versions, it's not always the, the center of it. Okay. Well done, everybody. Excellent movies. Again, difficult to, to give out the points, but I'm just going to be biased. Um, I'm going to give La La Land's top points because I think that I every moment in La La Land is pretty iconic. Damn so right. three points for La La Land. I'm going to give two points to Whiplash. Because you can't whack <laughs> the uh, the rushing or dragon scene. Two points, one for every scene. Just and then uh, one point for A Star Is Born, just because I think that individually the scenes maybe don't stand out just as as much as uh, as the ones in La La Land and Whiplash. Joe, I saw that you were quite upset about not getting top marks. For I that. was actually devastated. I'm actually devastated. All right, I, <laughs> I can only apologise. Okay, the final round that we've got is cultural impact, and surely La La Land wins for that just by famously not winning Best Picture at the Oscars. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> has that ever happened before? Never. I remember, well, do you remember watching that live? Them. Were you with us? Yes, from, yes, yes, oh, yes. It was just like, we were all a little bit like, something's wrong. Yeah. What's, it was just so strange to just, watch it. Oh, my God, that was so weird. Is this the envelope mishap? Yeah. 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 I was working one. and I was ready. I was packing my stuff up because I was like, well, la la led one, time to go home. And yeah, and then that happened. <laughs> what what is the cultural impact of of La La Land then, Dodie? What 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 do you, um, what effect do you think it's had on cinema? Well, like I said, I think it's become a classic like quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is like beautiful, and I also think because it's like a love letter, like they keep saying, it's like a love letter to LA, a love letter to Hollywood. I think a lot of artists and actors, musicians, whoever, um, can relate to the struggle do you think that we would have got this new version of a star is born if la la land hadn't happened because there was a little bit of there wasn't an appetite for musicals when la la land was being made my whole thing is that the cultural impact of whiplash is we got la la land you know what i'm saying like um from uh him making the the short film Mm -hmm. of it um, in with Evan Peters, yeah, in 2013, and then that getting the full backing to make the full movie that 
then goes on to be amazing. And, and for then, anyone who doesn't know as well, the short film version of Whiplash was just... It was just the first scene with Fletcher when he comes in. It's like 18 minutes long or something. Yeah, it's like a it's, short it's, film. It's yeah. just the scene though. It's not even a, its own short film. It's just that scene mm. from, from Whiplash, basically shot for shot the same. Just not, it doesn't look as pretty. <laughs> and then obviously like, that, that gives us the energy where we're getting La La Land the ne- um, later on down the line. And I feel like, like anything that you're about to argue about La Land doing it started with um, Whiplash. Which one is bigger? Yeah, fair yeah, point. Yeah, but that's usually how it happens. You know, <laughs> that's usually how so it happens. Like That's you, great, but it doesn't change the fact. If Whiplash didn't, if he iconic. didn't do Whiplash, there'd be no La La Land. That is, that is the point. Great, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, La La Land, La La Land may be bigger, but thank for me, you, thank you. For me, <laughs> for me as, a, as a fan and, a, and just a regular movie watcher, I hadn't watched La La Land. I had watched Whiplash, do you know what I'm saying? So I feel like that 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 kind of like touches more people on that level outside of musicians and actors and people mm-hmm. in the film industry. Clarice, what do you what do you think about the cultural impact of these movies? I don't know if it's I don't know if it's fair to say that more people have seen Whiplash because I remember when La La Land came out, like there was full on like mass hysteria about it, yeah, like the amount was. of like outdoor screenings, like and it almost I went became, to a La La Land dance class. It was annoying like, that, was that it was so obvious that it was going to win all the awards. Like it so quickly annoyed people. Do you yeah. know what I mean? We got to that point fast. Like it was like a, it was a huge, huge, and that's the great thing about La La Land is that um, it really did bring the musical back to the forefront in a way. Like we wouldn't have the Greatest Showman. That's the thing that we wouldn't have. However, right. people oh. feel about that movie, like that was also a giant. Don't say that. I must really take a point away obsessed. from Dodie now. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> for it being responsible for The Greatest Showman. Oh, yeah, I'm so that, sorry about that. That movie's got some fun tunes. I don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, A Star is Born... Yes. ...kind of has carried a cultural legacy for decades. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like, every 20 or so years, someone comes along and makes a new Star is Born, and it becomes this really interesting, like, little pin that you put in, in film history, and what's great is we'll be able to look back in 20 years from now and look at the 2018 Star is Born and say, hey, what does this tell us about the era? How people saw mm. fame, you know, saw relationships and gender politics. How did, you know, how did this fit into Lady Gaga's career? Because, you know, you talk about the Barbara Streisand version, the Judy Garland version, like they're both really big moments in their respective careers. Mm. Um and both sort of, for uh, Judy Garland, it was meant to be this this massive comeback um, because she had attempted suicide and had her MGM contract cancelled. And so this Star is Born was meant to be her opportunity to sort of come back into the spotlight. And with Barbara Streisand, uh, this was, it was sort of a, her boyfriend at the time, John Peters, like, it was this combined effort to, like, make her look sexier because they're like we need to make Barbara Streisand look sexy I mean that movie's kind of a disaster we don't so we can ignore <laughs> that one <laughs> but then I think yeah well we will look back to this star as star is born and be like oh hey this was like the beginning of something for Lady Gaga because she's doing the Gucci movie now like she's probably gonna mm-hmm. win an Oscar at some point I mean she did actress. win an Oscar for this for music for the song 
um, yeah. But you but think I, for acting? For she's acting, gonna, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm fully convinced that she's she's going to have a massive acting career ahead mm-hmm. of her. So you think it's you think the, the cultural Im- impact of it is as yet to be it's fully oh. established? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's an interesting. That's like, all you I can feel take. like it not cheats, really. I'm just saying that it's in like, a long line of already made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think cultural. it's not genie because like it's it's. It the does stand on its part own. Of a, yeah, it's like another chapter in this massive cultural legacy. And also, it births that really great meme of her going, <laughs> there can be a hundred people in a room <laughs> and 99 don't believe in you, <laughs> but one does. <laughs> it can change everything. <laughs> but, but La 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 had, you like jazz? <laughs> yes. That's yeah. from the B movie, though. It is. <laughs> But combined, <laughs> I feel like the B movie deserves the point. Yeah, you're right. Scrap like all jazz. these films. B movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, well argued. I think for me, I'm just going to have to go from what I think, and I, I think it's going to have to be top marks to Whiplash <gasps> because what? Damien Chazelle wouldn't have been able to do what he did. But that doesn't mean, but La La Land Thank is way more iconic than Whiplash. Chat. I but think you're right, but in terms of <sighs> cultural impact. Whiplash. It birthed it. He wanted to make La La Land and no one would let him, so he made Whiplash. And True, then, but would Damien Chazelle have ever fallen in love with the musicals if he'd never seen A Star Is Born with Judy Garland? we're going... This whole Probably. thing is all time. I mean, the only the reason that he made La La Land is because he grew up with a love of classic musicals. That's true, yeah. yeah. One but of you're not arguing for all of the Star Is Borns. You're right. You're arguing this for true. this particular star <laughs> is born. So I think I'm going to give top marks to, to Whiplash. Three, three points for Whiplash. And then two to La La Land Whoa. and one to this new version of A Star Is Born, which I think has had the least cultural impact, although I think it is amazing. So right now, Whiplash is on seven points. La La Land is on six points. And A Star Is Born is on five points. But we have one last round, which is nothing to do with me now. Like, you know, my voice has been taken out of the equation. This is the people's vote. It's the IMDb rating. What do you think your chances are in this? Like, what do you think the rankings are for these movies? Uh, Dodie, take it away. Where do you think it's going to land? La La Land. Huh? I might just joke for the fans. (laughs) Oh, no, I don't know. I'm not very good at this. (laughs) (laughs) Star is born. La La Land, Whiplash. No, sorry, it's from Whiplash, La La Land. That's my Interesting. Yeah. Okay, what That's does everybody else think? Uh, for me, I feel like La La Land's going to come out on top mm-hmm. because just more people have seen it and it was <laughs> like, positive. Um, and then I think it's going to be A Star Is Born and I think Whiplash is going to come last. But at the same time, I feel like less people have watched Whiplash and more people are more inclined to be like, it's great. So this is so interesting. Yeah. Carice, so I'm, what do I'm you putting think? Whiplash last. Whiplash like, last, okay. I yeah. might put whip last. I'm, I'm full of them. <coughs> Stop. Because no one really dislikes whiplash. Well, I feel like there are, um, you know, bad people who we don't like who <laughs> hate A Star Is Born and La La Land. <laughs> All right, well, there's only so, one way to find yeah. out. Let's do it. <clears throat> Alexa, tell me the IMDb st- score for A Star Is Born. A Star Is Born has an IMDb rating of 7.6 out of 10. Oh. 7.6 <laughs> out of 10. Do you think that Whiplash and La La Land can beat that? Yeah. Yes. Probably. Yes. <sighs> that was all the, the stands. The Ariana Grande <laughs> stands came in and they downvoted it. <laughs> okay. Alexa, tell me the IMDb score for Whiplash. Whiplash has an IMDb rating of 8.5 out of 10. Whoa. I get this 8. one. 8.5. tough. 
That's a significant lead over A Star is Born. Well, no one dislikes Whiplash. That's the thing. Can La La Land beat 8.5? I'm now thinking Are you a believer? Yeah, I think so. You think it can beat 8.5? Yeah, I think so. All right. We'll keep those fingers crossed. Alexa, tell me the IMDb score for La La Land. La La Land has an IMDb rating of 8 out of 10. Oh! 8 out of 10. So that means the final scores... A Star is Born with six points, La La Land with eight points, but leading and winning, Joe and Whiplash with ten points. Well done. That means you get to take home with you. for wh- wh- How many times have you won this trophy I now, Joe? I think this is the sec- is this is this second, only your second time? time. Maybe the third time. Maybe the, th- maybe the third maybe time the third that time. you're winning <laughs> the prestigious Screen Test Award. Uh, oh, I just got an envelope. La La Land has actually won. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent satire. <laughs> Excellent satire. Uh, Joe, are you ready for me to pass I, this to you ready, through you. space and time? Yes, sir. Uh, wow. wow. <laughs> I still got it. It's a trick. I just want to thank um, my coach, J.K. Simmons, for you know what I'm saying for continuing that cycle yeah. of abuse. Keep, yep, for keeping it going, <laughs> and I will continue to cycle in my. <laughs> Post career, thank you. Wow, what a note! To Disclaimer: leave That's not that's not true. I'm obviously not we're joking. Um, abuse, please don't sue. Please don't. Don't hate me. Congratulations to Whiplash for officially being named the best film about a musician of all time. And don't forget to check out The Sound of Metal, which is available now exclusively on Prime Video. It's without question one of the best films made in the past year, so give that a watch. Plus, Whiplash and La La Land are also available on Prime Video, so you're spoilt for choice. And we'll be back next week to argue over what we think is the best DC character that's had the best film about them between Batman, the Joker, and Harley Quinn. We'll see you then when we decide that it's obviously The Dark Knight. (laughs) Like... Obviously, it's the dark night. Wait, this doesn't seem fair. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> bye bye. I-